Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to this episode of the podcast. Hope you all are staying safe and healthy during this coronavirus epidemic. Today is Monday, and we are currently in Sedona truck camping in the rain. It's been raining all morning, which is awesome. I've, I've actually been really enjoying the downtime and wanted to go ahead and get this podcast posted up. We recorded this a couple of days ago in my truck topper one evening, and it was just basically a recap. Craig and I, we haven't had a chance to really hang out at all. And so it's been about three months, no, about two months since I saw Craig, and we just did a nice little catch-up episode here. My main thing was I wanted to ask him and dive in deep and see what it was like to be on the front lines in Gunnison, Colorado, being a uh, uh, you know in, in charge of, of running that bus and public transportation, making sure all that stuff was still open. And then you know Gunnison, for those of you who aren't aware, they just issued an order saying that if anybody and non-residents are there in the county during this shutdown, that there could be up to a five thousand dollar fine and eighteen months prison sentence for those who violate the order. So things are getting really really kind of tightened down. We cover that, cover a bunch of other scenarios and talk about the future and also talk about uh, how truck camping has kind of saved us during this time and, and being a minimalist has helped to where it's really minimized the impacts of all of the economic uh, consequences from this this pandemic. So anyway, let's dive into the podcast. I'm actually going to run over to Craig's, uh, Craig's truck after this. We're going to record another one. So you can expect a lot of content over the next couple of days from us talking about what it's like to be out here. So hope you all are doing well. Have a great week. And here's the podcast. So the the vibe in, in Gunnison was, it was getting me down. Like I, I was seriously, um, I didn't realize it, but like the stress was creeping up on me. So the, the stress of being a bus driver and exposed to, you know, people driving and, or not people driving, but, you know, people getting on board and what have you. Mm -hmm. And then I, I don't, I don't. I don't think that any company could do a fantastic job with managing. And so I don't want to slam my company, but I was certainly feeling pressure and stress from how they were managing the situation. And I'm a control freak, so it could very well just be me. Mm -hmm. And then I had the the stress of, oh, is that, that's a big dog. Yeah. Diesel rolling through. And then I had the stress of, Okay, what what's my work situation going to be moving into the spring and the summer? So there there was just these layers of stress that I didn't really I didn't fully understand the impact that they were having on me. But I reached a, a set of days where I was off for like four days, and then I was going to work for three days, and then I was off for another four days. And I was like, fuck this, I'm out. And that's when I freaking pinged you. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, where are you at? Send me your coordinates. And then, yeah, I, I freaking pulled the trigger and got out of Dodge within 24 hours. And, you know, like always, being on the road, it just starts to melt it away. But, um, what was it like to be on the front lines out there? I mean, was it just like every day you're going into it questioning what you're going to be facing? Because I, I, I've, I've had a complete opposite experience. So I'm, I'm interested to know, like, what was it like? Because you were working with the public and you were driving the bus. And I mean, did you have to come down on anybody that maybe was acting 
um, doing something to put somebody else's health in jeopardy? Did that ever a situation like that ever arise? There was one situation. There were there were a couple situations. So the biggest the biggest challenge that I ran into was when I was driving the bus staying the bus from Denver back to Gunnison. And I only had about six passengers on board. Um, and we were using the smaller bus. It wasn't the big Greyhound. And one of the passengers was a world champion Nordic ski skier who had just come back from Europe. She had quarantined herself in Canada for 14 days to prove that she didn't have the virus. She proved that she didn't have the virus. She made her way to Denver and she was going back to Gunnison where she lived with her boyfriend. Mm -hmm. So she was on board. A few other people were moored. And then there was a young couple in the back. And midway through the drive back, I just noticed, I'm like, there's someone coughing the whole fucking way. Mm -hmm. And coughing, coughing, coughing. And it was just... I was dry. I still had another two and a half hours to drive. And in my mind, I was like, what, what do I do? You know, do I, do I approach them now and start the conversation and ask them to get off? Do I, you know, how do I even manage this? Mm -hmm. What are my legal boundaries? You know, as a driver, I didn't know, would I be infringing upon someone's rights mm. to engage them? So it was a really, you know, inside the stress was building inside of me, the anxiety was building inside of me. And it was building because I was concerned for myself, but I also felt a responsibility for all the other passengers. Yeah. And especially the skiing, the Nordic skier who had gone through all of these hoops, not getting their virus, coming back from um, from Germany, where the uh, the epidemic was was escalating. And so anyway, finally we arrived in Gunnison. Everybody was getting off the bus and I approached the kid. He was probably 23, 24 years old. His nose was all red and what have you. And I approached him, I'm like, hey man, like I don't want to demonize you, but I he I've heard you coughing the whole time. What, what are your symptoms? And he's like, oh, you know, I've got this sore throat and the flu and and this cough and sneezing and what he's but I don't have I don't have the the virus. I'm like, well, how do you know? And he's like, oh, I just know I don't I, I don't have it. Right. And then his girlfriend starts chiming in. Oh, you don't need to worry about it. We're not going to go anywhere else. I'm like, you don't understand. You just spent the last five hours on the bus in a closed system with me, and then the Nordic skier comes in and she starts laying into him. So that was my most uncomfortable situation mm. and it definitely elevated my stress and i i think ultimately i did fine handling it and and ultimately i i'm confident that i didn't get sick because i haven't gotten sick no but what what added to it and again we're just talking about layers of stress is i i don't feel like i had adequate direction and training from my boss from gonna, my company i was gonna ask you about that yeah and and then they probably haven't gotten proper instruction from the Colorado Department of Health. Yeah. And so there's I think that there's just like number like there's failures and uncertainty and lack of confidence at numerous layers. 
And I, I don't want to make myself out as, as like a martyr or whatever like that. I'm a, I'm a mm-hmm. fucking bus driver. I enjoy doing it. And, and I don't outside of that. You know, I've had a couple situations where where passengers would roll their eyes at me when I would ask them to do social distancing and whatnot. And, you know, inside I'm like, well, then you drive this thing and and see how you feel, you know. (laughs) And um, but so, yeah, I I never really felt danger, but the level of stress that I felt and the layers of stress was just really uncomfortable and it kind of snuck up on me. You know, I, I consider myself one who's, you know, in, in choosing to live the way that we live, I, I've taken massive cuts in pay to live with lower stress. Mm -hmm. And so I, I feel like generally speaking, I'm tapped into myself. I know when I'm out of sorts and when I'm not, but for whatever reason, this set of circumstances, it snuck up on me and yeah, and that just led to that situation where, like, you know, within I think it was like within twelve hours that I was like, "Dude, where are you? I'm coming." Yeah, when you messaged me, I I, I thought you were planning like a week or two out, and you're like, "I'll be here tomorrow." I'm like, "Yes," because like because like I told you, I said I haven't talked to anybody in conversation face to face since like January fifteenth. I know. <laughs> and, I, and then when you showed up, I talked your head off for like two hours. <laughs> and I was fine with that, and you know, like I just kind of let it go in one ear and out the other, just because I was. <laughs> I was like decompressing and and the drive here was freaking weird. Yeah. You know, I, I drove. Um, so I drove through Telluride, through Cortez. And then as you descend south out of Cortez and you start, um, you know, going south, southwest into Arizona, you're going through Indian reservations. Mm-hmm. And that was a really uncomfortable thing for me just because. It really is another country mm-hmm. and spending, you know, you've spent time on Indian reservation. It's just, it's unpredictable. I yeah. don't, I have a lot of empathy and compassion for the situation there. I wouldn't, I, I'm not saying any of this as criticism mm-hmm. of life on reservations and how they act, but as, as a white male driving through there in uncertain times, mm-hmm. I, by really, yourself by myself yeah. yeah i i felt really uncomfortable with it you know i ended up staying at that truck stop um right outside the reservation i, I spent the night uh, night there overnight and then yeah i just hightailed it here but it was a really eerie it was just yeah it was just an eerie experience mm-hmm. getting here and um but i'm fucking glad to be here man I'm, <laughs> yeah i'll I'm, bet i'm i'm, I'm I feel better, but yeah, I mean, we've been talking a lot since since we got here about all sorts of stuff. But yeah. that, that was my experience getting here. Well, I, you know, I remember when before this started, you were logging like sixty hours a week of work, yeah. and you were you were crushing it. You you were building a huge nest egg for the summer and all that stuff. Right. And then now these times unfold, and it's got to be a little bit uncertain. I would think to think, okay, what's my next move? Do I go back to Gunnion? Do I drive? Do I stay out here? I, you know, because. Cause that's, that's gotta, that's gotta be a spot that a lot of people are in right now is with work being, I mean, your work is essential. And, and so you could, you can still have it, but do you want to go? Well, and then there's also, I, I mean, my, they, they have scaled back the number of runs. So right now, if I go, but when I go back, if I go back, I'm looking at about 15 hours of work a week Hmm. compared to the amount of money that I was making before and the amount of hours. And I, 
I, it, it, it's a hard situation, right? Because it's like, okay, I have a job, I get to go work, but then there is that that little turn of the twist of the mind where I'm like, well, all these other people are just laid off and they're getting the full unemployment check. Mm. So I'm like, why, you know? And and I don't, I no, don't that, spend but, a lot of time yeah. in that mindset, but I do have the mindset of like, I don't. I'd almost rather not working and start work on some other projects, take the benefit of some unemployment to start something. Anyway, it's, it's a mess. I mean, my head is a mess over it. And, um, yeah, I have a nest egg. I, I I do have some money saved away. Mm -hmm. Um, I can, I can tread water for a long time. Um, and I feel good about that, but there's no doubt that right now, and you know, I, I am thinking about what, what are my options? And then, and then you add on to it. Well, like who's freaking hiring right now? Yeah. Where can't, can I even drive outside the state to go look at other opportunities? You know, I could, I, I know people yeah. everywhere and, and as a CDL holder, I can get work anywhere, but there's weird stuff going on. You yeah. know, I, I hear about border checks and yeah, I, I heard about checks on I-40 over the weekend. Really? Like uh, they said that yesterday they had them and they were stopping them for, I can't remember what the, what the term was they used, but the police were stopping people. And it was for like, they used some weird term, like, like resource management stops or something like mm. that. And it's like, okay, well, that's a nice way to put a checkpoint. <laughs> that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But uh, yeah, you're right. I, you know, the traveling. So when I was, when I was going through my stuff, you know, I, I was kind of bouncing around trying to find a safe place to land because right. Colorado was starting to clamp down yep. and uh, it started to enter the San Luis Valley where I was at. So I thought, well, you know, I'm, I'm out of here. I, I can leave. So I thought, well, I'll go to, I'll go to, uh, to Bears here. I'll go, I'll go to New Mexico. I went down to there. I rode out the windstorm that was like three days at a hotel. And it was kind of interesting at this hotel. I had an entire wing to myself. They're like, yeah, we're, 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 we're distancing people apart. I'm like thinking, okay, it'll be every other. I had an entire wing. <laughs> I'm running up and down it. I, I thought about making a movie about me and Sierra trapped in a hotel during the epidemic, you know, like, like, like no one else around. Your uh, own version of this shining. Exactly. Yeah. And I could go a little crazy in it. Yeah. Uh, wouldn't be much of a stretch, but, um, yeah. And then New Mexico, I started to realize that, you know, some of the areas like Taos around Taos, I believe the camping was shut down. Um, they were talking about doing it in other areas. I know around Albuquerque that, you know, Hey, everybody stay home. So I thought, well, you know, I'll go to Southeast Utah. There's nobody. And right. I know that area like the back of my hand since I was out at Bears as the ambassador. And, and I went out there and I got there on Thursday and I departed Friday morning for Cedar Mesa where I didn't have cell reception. And I thought, no, no problem. I'll just be up here, be by myself. Um, I'll go down to the twist where we camped that one time where yep. I, I got a little bit of cell reception. And, uh, and I'll, and I'll check in on Sunday. Well, I check in on Sunday and I didn't know it, but that Friday when I went up there, they had closed Southeast Utah to outside residents. Now the police were being really cool. And I saw, I ran into one of them at the, at, at the, at the convenience store. And he just goes, Hey, I, I don't know if you heard, but he goes, we put this out on Friday. He goes, we're giving everybody a week to, to give them a heads up. And he goes, um, but it, he goes, I do have to let you know that if it's next week, we're going to start writing tickets. And I said, well, I appreciate the heads up. No problem. I, I'll roll. Yeah. And that's when I came down here. But the interesting thing was, is that from Cortez to, to Bluff, you pass through the Navajo reservation. They've yep. got a massive outbreak on their reservation. I didn't know that. Oh, and maybe so, that's why it felt so creepy to me because that's, I, I passed through that area. That's exactly where I passed yeah. through. And I mean, they are on lock down there is not a soul around and yeah. there's signs out like don't stay out like, like at least where i was driving through it said don't stay out after dark 
there's a curfew and all that yep, stuff. And I was like, I saw that. And I was like, holy shit. And and I thought, because I, I, I that was my first intro into Utah, I thought, well, this is the whole state. Well, it wasn't. It was just the reservation. Because once I got into San Juan County or by bluff where the reservation isn't, it was normal, relatively speaking. But, you know, I had to leave after that. So that's when I came down here. And, you know, same thing. I drove through the reservation coming down here and I just made sure not to stop. Um, I didn't want to be a distraction or a, or a red flag or anything like that, yeah. especially with Colorado tags, right. because the front range was blowing up as far as uh, new cases being reported. Uh, Summit County and the and the ski resort areas, some of the ski resort areas got hit because of the tourism, right. <clears throat> and then they had to shut that down. So I didn't want them to think like I'm coming from one of those areas and fleeing. You know, I was in San Luis Valley, and up until like three days before I left, there hadn't been a case reported in the valley. So I'm like, okay, I'm fine. And I was out by myself. You know, like, like I told you, like I didn't know much about what was going on until you, until you, uh, like filled me in, and I kind of had a panic attack on the phone. I'm like, dude, my heart's <laughs> racing. I'm like, my stomach's upset. And you're like, yeah, this is going on. I'm like, dude, what's going on? I kind of freaked out for a second, and then I got some CBD and I was trying to settle down. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I went straight to the dispensary and got some CBD for that, and just like I gotta chill out because I started thinking, I'm like, man. My first reaction was, okay, everything's going to fall apart like it did in 2007. And that was very painful for me, mm. you know, because I lost everything during yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But then I took a step back. I'm like, wait a minute. I repositioned myself, you know, to to better weather something like this. Now, I'm not, no one's impervious, I don't think, to, to what's going on. And especially if the, if the effects are long-lasting. I mean, that's going to be detrimental to a lot of people in regard to finances and the economy and job security, all that stuff. Yeah. But... At least for now, I realize I'm like, okay, I'm in a lot better position than I was during the from the last downturn, you know, compared to that, and it, that's given me some confidence to navigate this with a little bit more, um, I guess, I guess with a lower stress level, than, yeah, than, than I would normally, yep. Because otherwise, I could just be like, well, fuck, every, you know, and just be on high alert everywhere. That just that's a that's not a fun state to be in, you know, to roll around in that twenty four seven, and so. As I've told you, I've been reaching out to some friends here, and they've been giving some great information on where to go where there's just no one around. Yeah. And and I love Sedona. I love this area. But I told the Forest Service guy that my limit was up on, on Tuesday, and I'll be heading out. And he was super cool. You yeah. Know, he, he was like, I still want people to come out here and have fun. Right. And he's like, if you're alone on a trail, what what's it matter? Is you can be alone in your house or alone on a trail. And I was like, thank you. You know, that's that's level-headed. Because I think we all we all could could use a little uh, bit of of a, of a decompression with this because it seems like each day it just more and more we see the at least i've seen it online um people calling out other people from other states not knowing their, their circumstances well you're here why are you here well maybe they live there maybe they just bought a house maybe they work there but this this um this this um mindset that some some people can get in when times are like this like they're the authority figure that just adds fuel to the fire you know, yeah, and, and no I think one, that makes people more, more, they put up more walls around them. And no one knows the context of anybody else's situation. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's one thing if, you know, people within Chicago are telling other people within Chicago, like, Hey, this is the way that we need to operate. But for someone within Chicago to be telling someone in the mountain West, how to operate, you know, over a keyboard yeah. is, is not helpful at all. Not helpful at all. And yeah. you know, we're, we, we rendezvoused with, with Christo Johnson. Um, and, and if, if any of our listeners remember, I, I interviewed Christo, um, the paraglider, uh, back last, uh, last summer. So it, <laughs> it's actually a funny story. So Brian sends me his GPS coordinates and, and it's this area, um, 
uh, in the National Forest uh, south of Sedona. And, and I rendezvous with Brian and, and, you know, high fives all around and decompression and whatnot. And I knew, I knew you and Christo had briefly touched base as far as like, Hey, what are you doing? What are you doing? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. And mm-hmm. just like, yeah, nomads unite. Um, but it, the funny thing is, is that, you know, I posted a couple things up on Facebook, you know, with Rue and with the backdrop of where we are. And like five minutes later, I get a text from Christo. He's like, dude, where are you? And I sent him the coordinates and then he sends me his coordinates. And, you know, we end up being like a mile and a half apart. <laughs> that's so, so awesome. <laughs> that's we ended up like packing. Brian and I ended up packing up camp. And uh, we're about uh, 50 feet from Crystal right now in his van. So, you know, nomads, the, the, the nomad ramblers are, uh, are rambling, rambling together, rallying together. We yeah. got the nomad ramblers ram- rally going on. Yeah, it feels it, it does feel great, though, to, to be out here w- with you all because, uh, I don't know, I, there's something about being out here during this time that makes me feel like, not that we're privileged, you know, because we, we live this way and we put in the time to live this way. But it's just a, such a we were talking about it's such a unique time to to be alive and experience this. And granted, I, I'm not taking joy in the fact that some people are suffering, mm. but I'm interested to see how this is going to play out. Well, you know, I, I mean, the, I've been thinking a lot about this, too, because it's really been it's really been a healing experience for me to come down here, rendezvous with you. You know, we by chance are in the same area as Christo. And then Christo's got a few of his paragliding buddies, mm-hmm. you know, that are van lifers and, and awesome doing their people. things. And I I mean, I think what it really boils down to is I I kind of feel like I have my community to weather this challenge, mm-hmm. or at least weather part of this challenge. And because I I I think one of the things I've been missing in my experience in Gunnison, you know, I'm calling people on the phone, my, my family and friends and, mm-hmm. and all around the country and what have you. And then I'm engaging with the work people, but I'm not, I hadn't, I hadn't been engaging with like-minded people on a regular basis. And so coming here, being able to interact with you and Christo and the others that are here, we, we all have the same mentality. We have the same concerns. We have a similar outlook on how we want life to continue. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I guess, I guess that, that, that shared empathy, that shared view is really given me a lot of, of strength and, and healing during this time. And, and I mean, frankly, you know, I, everybody's got to roll their separate waves and whatnot. And, and I, I'm, I, I'm not looking forward to that moment, you know, cause I, I don't, I, I'd much rather be able to weather the storm with this crew for a much longer period of time, because we're, we're talking about the challenges that face our way of life. And there's not, you know, if I go to Gunnison, I'm not going to be able to have that kind of conversation and that kind of um, shared experience with the randos, you know, at my job and, and mm-hmm. all that stuff. And um, 
That's a great point to make. I didn't think about that. Yeah, it, it's really because we can't really talk about this lifestyle for someone who's not living it because it would just it'd be like foreign to them. Yeah, they wouldn't understand like the the point of view. Yeah, or or, or or they they, they may kind of get it a little bit, but the, but until you live it, it's yeah. And there's yeah. A, I mean, I when I talk about it, when I talk about it with close friends on the phone or even family, you, you know, I. I I get the sense they don't say it explicitly, but I get the sense that what they're thinking is that, okay, now's, now's the time to, you know, not, not come back home, but like settle down. It's time, it's time to, you know, plant your roots. And like, this is exactly the reason why what you're doing is dangerous and why it's unconventional and why people don't do it because, you know, there are circumstances that arise when we need to have a fixed home and what have you. And that's just not where my head is. Where my head is at is how how do I maintain this nomadic existence? I want to I want I want I cherish it even more now, mm-hmm. you know, than than it was before this all erupted, because now it's really threatened. You know, our, and I, you know, you, you experienced what you did in Bears Ears, you know, Christo's experiencing some different, he's, he, he describes himself as a nomad and a van lifer as a hot potato, you know, no community wants him and the BLM and the, uh, the public lands are getting shut down and it's, it's a really unsettling experience. And I don't think many people can understand that point of view. And yeah. again, that's why it's fantastic to be here amongst our own. That's to true. be able to, you know, just be able to, to understand each other. I've noticed that since you got here and then since we met up with this crew, I'm, I'm feeling... I'm feeling like my days are much more mellow mm. and that I don't have to do so much during the day because I kept on thinking to myself, like, I got to make sure I got the maximum amount of food in my truck. I got to make sure my water is always topped off. And I was kind of freaking out about it a little bit, a little bit too much to where I was making unnecessary trips to town and all that thing. And you guys come out here so, or just meeting up with y'all to settle me down a little bit. And, uh, you know, for in my regard, I, I, I'm thankful that living this way that I have a 4x4 truck. Oh, yeah. Because now is the time where... You know, if you were to drive in on this road, the first five miles is all, you know, larger RVs and things of that nature. And it's hard to get those vehicles around. And so you're a target. You know, you're right on the edge. I can go 20 miles deep in the National Forest. And if things get to the point to where it's like no man's land and no one's around or anything like that, there's not going to be anybody back there. And I guarantee you Forest Service isn't going to drive 20 miles on a 4x4 trail to go see if someone might be down there. It's not going to happen. Yeah. And so I know that if it really got bad, which I hope it never does, and I'm not thinking that it's going to go that way, but if it really got bad, then at least I have a vehicle to where I can get away from stuff. Because I don't, I don't want to go back to the city. Like, I'm not going to do that. No. And I can, I mean, just the city that I live in, I can, I can tell you that that's, that's not what you want to do. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, it, it's, it's interesting because, you know, you have, you have your setup, which is, is, um, you know, we, we, I, I've been having some different conversations with people here and I think you and I have even talked about it. So, you know, my truck is very inconspicuous, right? I mean, I have, I've got beefed up suspension and it's, it's a good looking truck and what have you, but you really couldn't tell that someone is living long-term out of it from the outside. And then your truck 
you've got it you've got it pretty nicely pimped out and whatnot you've got a roof rack with some different paraphernalia up there you've got your awning on the side you've Mm -hmm. got your shower so it's a little bit more conspicuous but still you're like just like you said you're more mobile you can go into the back country like way 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 back there and that gives you an advantage and then you know we've both spent time over at christo's van dude like how how cushy and luxury is that i mean it's like a dorm room like with the amount of space that he has in there and a huge bed yeah and chill and just like but he's been talking about like truck envy with you and i because he's like i have a bullet on you know i have a, a bullseye on me from from a few different vantage point one you know, he can't roll into a city without a target on him saying like, okay, out of town or van lifer, we got to keep our eye on this dude. Mm-hmm. But the other element of it is if, if you, if you take the scarcity threat and run with it, if you look at his vehicle instantly you say, and you're, and you don't have a lot, you instantly look at that and says, I bet there's a bunch of shit in there that I could go and steal. So he's got that bullseye on him, even though he's got the nice cushy lug space in there. If you compare it to our more stripped down truck versions, um, he's at a disadvantage. And then, of course, he can't get back into the way, way back country like you and I can. Um, So it's also been interesting to kind of just kind of have the the lens to, to look through the problem, you know, with different people's vehicles. Yeah. Well, like, like we've always said, there's no perfect rig. Yeah. You know, everybody's got, everybody is making some compromise yeah. with their rig, whether it's the comfort or convenience. It, it's one of the two. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and to take that a step further, I've actually, I had a nightmare one night and I woke up in kind of cold sweats. And the nightmare was that this, this had gone on for like nine months mm. and everybody, a lot of people had lost their jobs. The companies that did survive, um, weren't doing well because nobody had money to spend and the government was overreaching and it was just kind of one of those worst case scenarios that I was in my mind. And I'm glad it was just a nightmare, but I, in that one, I had it to where I went into the city and I was a target because I had a truck that could get out. Oh yeah. And that's, yep. that, and that's that. And that, and I woke up and I thought, well, there's another layer that I need to be cognizant of if, if it gets to that point, hopefully it won't. Yeah. But if it does, would there be someone in a city who would look at me and go, I have nothing right now, but I got a gun and I can take that guy's vehicle and get my family out of here. Right. And that's a possibility. And that sucks to, to think about that. Yeah. You know, that I don't want to, I never want to think about that stuff. I don't like to think about those things and I don't assume that about society. But when something like this happens, it makes everybody unsettled. And then human behavior is as predictable. You know, it's a lot of people act out and, and do things bad. So that's, that's where I've been, um, mindful of not putting a lot of information out there i post that one thing about gunnison just because i thought the fines and fees were a lot but i yeah but, but i agree with the fact of keeping them away but i in hindsight i shouldn't have posted that because a lot of people just started bitching at each other i'm like fuck that's not what i wanted and anything about this during the time it seems that with the added strength or added um stress that's that's added you know from the situation social media is not, not really a place to air your grievances at the moment and yeah and i and i got to be more mindful of that yeah i i definitely i mean you and i have talked about that scenario in in gunnison so for the audience if if you guys haven't been tapped into some of the stuff that brian and i are posting and in generally what's going on um 
Gunnison, Colorado was one of the first um, entities, and, and I'm talking about uh, Gunnison County, the, the government um, at that level. They, they have, um, they acted early and have been ratcheting up social distancing and other measures to protect the community. And one of the things that they encouraged early on was that all out-of-towners, including those with second homes, please return home. And, and so the, the rationale was that we have limited healthcare facilities here. We, we do have a significant infection rate here um, and we're concerned about it and we need to clamp down to make sure that things don't get out of control here. So a few steps down the road in tightening things up, they actually went so far as demanding that no second home owners were present. And they even instilled a uh, both a monetary fine as well as a jail sentence if um, second, uh, second home owners um, were staying in Gunnison County. And I, I think you can, this can be talked about and viewed in a number of different ways, but my, really what it boils down to, at least in my view, is that the, the county has limited resources and what they're doing is they're trying to protect the residents that live there um, and balance the resources that are available. And so they, they are concerned that, um, if, if I think I think if the if I've got the numbers right and and I'm I'm totally kind of pulling this out of my ass, the 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 regular Crested Butte residency, meaning those who live there year round, is I think around eight hundred to a thousand, and then in the summer that can balloon out to five thousand or more, and so I think that gives a a good picture of the range and and how far it could explode if people were able to come in and out of the community. So again, they they made that decision with the best interests of the residents in mind and with the resources available. So you can obviously look at this from a vantage point of like, well, that's my property. I pay taxes. I have just as right as much a right to be there and you know it can explode from there. So that's that's part of what what Brian and I are referencing, but I do think it it brings up a bigger practical philosophical discussion and practical decision making matrix for people like us that want to be able to migrate around. So if we do want to have a plot of land or a residence somewhere as we move around, now, now we really do need to think through, is this county going to allow me to come back to my land under circumstances like this? I mean, this is no one really predicted this kind of I think, granular response. And, um, you know, here we are. 
and um, and these kinds of decisions are being made. And weren't you just telling me that three other counties or two other counties in Colorado have have made a similar decision as to Gunnison? Yeah, it was. um, uh, I think it was uh, Summit County. Okay. Obviously, I mean. Yeah, they, they, they got Vail, it. They got Vail, it. Yeah. yeah, Beaver Creek and yeah. all that. Yeah, Summit, and then um, the county where where um, Grand Lake is. Okay, so that's where the backside the, of the Estes. West, yeah, the west, the west side yeah. of uh, Rocky Mountain National Park. Yep, that's exactly yeah. where. And then there was another county, and I I can't, I can't remember okay. which one it was, but but they were all saying, well, we should probably do the same in similar circumstances. Not a big infrastructure. Yeah, you know, not 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 a huge hospital. Or medical center, and usually they're regional, you know, right. to service the whole county. Yep. And so you've got one, like in Buena Vista or, or Chafee County, you just got that one place in Slida. Right. And there's twenty thousand residents in that county. You know, they don't that, that hospital's small. <laughs> yeah, and then, and then if you if you take the scenario where you've got a bunch of out of towners mm-hmm. coming in to go hunker down in the woods and what have you, be overwhelmed even even further. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you don't know if those people have, 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 have been proper with their social distancing or if they've just been totally lax and, right. and think that it was a hoax. Cause you saw a lot of people thinking about that initially, yep. which was stupid, but it's just, um, you know, it's crazy I, on my end. When I saw that stuff, I, I understood where they were coming from, you know, saying like, sure. so like, Hey, we want to, we want to put forth a no bullshit deterrent to make sure these people come up here. But I started thinking, I'm like, well, fuck, if they're going to do it, what's next? Yeah. You know, you know, and then and then, after, and then what's next after that? I'm like, this is escalating quickly. And I do feel, and I don't know, if I might be alone in this, but I, I do feel that that anybody in a position of office or in government has a responsibility to not freak out or over freak out the public, you know, or instigate things. Mm-hmm. And I, I do feel that some people may look at that, you know, there's a, there's a big contention of Texans that come to Colorado and some Texans are very comfortable with brandishing their guns. Yep. And what happens if they come to the state and say, fuck you, I'm going to go to my house. And they say, no, you're not. We're going to throw you in jail. And they pull their gun. That's a, that's a scenario. Totally. And, and it's just like, I just think, I think that everybody has got to just really try to keep it down, you know, on, on every level. And then when we see if the law enforcement or anybody sees somebody that's completely violating that or acting that acting out, then I think it's appropriate at this time uh, due to public safety to, to get a handle on that stuff. But I mean, we're just, I, I think what it is is those folks in those positions of power, they're going to catch 22. They're not going to make a decision that, that everybody's going to agree with at this point. Right. And they know that. And, and I, and I think that that's why you saw the lengthy response to the DA or whoever was from Texas that said they were going to sue Gunnison. And you saw the lengthy response from Gunnison really explain it. Say, Hey, like, yeah. we, we love y'all coming here. We've had a great relationship with y'all for years. Yep. Just please understand these are special circumstances, you know? And so I totally understand that. I just, I just hope that other governments don't get like a Rambo GI Joe leader in there going, fuck it. We're going to throw every guy, every person in jail and they're going to stay there for 50 years. And you know, it's unrealistic. And, and on top of it too, that expense that it would take to, to jail people is astronomical. So you can't throw all of America in jail. But, you know, for people like us that are bouncing around, it is kind of hard to stay plugged into the area, especially if it's a new area. You don't know the you don't know the, the news sources that are putting out the information for here. Right. Like I didn't know in Utah where they'd be posting closures. Sure. So I heard about it at the gas station, you know. And um, that's one thing that's concerned me is like, what if I roll into an area 
that has just now instituted strict penalties and I get popped and I had no idea. Right. You know, and here I am a responsible person. I've been self-isolating since January. Right. I haven't talked to anybody face to face except for at the grocery store. That's it. I mean, that was it. And the post office, that was it. And, you know, you saw where my camp on, there was, there was no one coming by. I was by myself every day, you know? And then right. same with the other camps. I was at hell when I was in Penitente in Colorado, I was there for a month by myself. I didn't see one person. I hiked every trail. It was awesome. I had it all to myself. Yeah, I was like, yeah, what yeah, a great yeah. time to be a nomad. But then it comes with all these, you know, other consequences too for society, which I don't want to see. But, um, but man, I, I just, it has that extra layer of security and, and the one thing, or um, of uncertainty. And the one thing that we love about living this way is the freedom. And when that freedom gets restricted or if it's uncertain, it's very uncomfortable because somebody can come at you and go, you're a bum. You live in your vehicle. You're in jail, not knowing what we do. Right. And uh, a lot of times I'm not exactly clean out here. You know, I got a lot of dirt underneath my fingernails. I might have dirt on my face and not know it. Right. And I'm talking to if I talk to a law enforcement person or, or a forest service person, they might just assume, well, this guy's a dirt bag and he's broke and just he's got nothing. Right. And I don't want that to be the 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 assumption that throws me in jail when you know i spent three years of my life doing trail work for the forest service and all that stuff on my own dime you, you know what i mean and it's like i feel like there there could be a quick judgment made about me no doubt about it you no know? it's a that I, I think it's a justified concern mm-hmm. and and i don't i don't know the way out of it um i mean other yeah i i really don't know how in the short term, this gets solved other than following the hot potato situation. So like, you know, right now you already have a couple of good ideas as to, I, I, I know I can go to this area and I know I can go to this area. So the hot potato, like you, you, you know where you're, you are the potato, you know where you get to, you know, the next set of hands that you go into. Yeah. And that really is the only solution that I can see for those in this situation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in if you have a, if 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 we develop a, a longer term outlook, you know, you and I and Christo have talked about, you know, getting together and, um, uh, you know, finding land, adjacent land properties and what have you. And I, I think that that's, um, a smart thing to do to, and, and taking into consideration whatever governance structure there is in place that would empower a County to prevent us from getting to our lands. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. so we, we obviously want to, uh, choose, where to buy um, carefully um, now knowing that situation. Definitely. But um, yeah, it's it's the hot potato model right now. And um, I'm not sure, you know, we, we were exchanging, you know, some of the, the information that we, we found today with respect to, you know, what what's on the other side of this? How, how, how do we as a society get out of this situation? And, you know, we, we both seem to find some wisdom in that idea that, um, uh, in one way or another, we, we need to employ a herd immunity. And that doesn't mean 
that we do it haphazardly and foolishly and just say, okay, everything back to normal. Let those who die, die. And, you know, let the, the, let the strong carry on. You know, I, I think we both saw the wisdom in the idea that, no, first and foremost, we need to make sure that the healthcare system can manage anybody who gets sick and the large numbers that get sick. And secondly, we need to quarantine and protect the vulnerable. And then I think the the herd the herd immunity um, strategy can move forward once you have those two things in place. Once you have a strong healthcare system that can handle lots and lots of cases, and then once you have a system that protects the vulnerable, then you allow the stronger to go out there and interact and. You probably still need to do protective measures like, you know, taking people's temperature and and making sure that if you are sick, you know, you you immediately go get tested or, or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But um, that seems to be the other side of this. But here we are. Our healthcare system can't handle the numbers. So we're just in this holding pattern. Yeah. And um, and. Well. For the nomad, it's particularly challenging. Yeah. The, the one thing I am thankful for, though, is that the content right now that that, oh, that we're able to yeah. produce, people are soaking it up because, you know, they're they're desperate for anything that's not that's not negative, I think, you know, or or, or something that's that is um, we're out here. We're still able to to move around, albeit limitedly. But uh, I think people want they're they're hungry for those those stories right now because i i hear it online all the time like man keep posting we got it you know we don't have anything right now and i i'm just thinking like man it's our responsibility to step it up like we were talking yeah no and i and i think that 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 all of the little things that we do to be able to manage on our own um and in in extreme conditions they're so practical. I mean, mm. it's not it's not as though you and I predicted this kind of event was going to pop up in this way. But, you know, we, we made a decision several years ago to shift the way our we wanted to live our life, you know, to minimize the amount of stuff that we had to be focused a lot more on do it yourself kind of stuff and be able to. Um, you know, repair our own stuff, invent our own stuff when we need it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's it's so clear how valuable, how essential those skills are in a situation like this, where it, it is very easy for me. Like, I have no fear. I actually have, I feel safer out on the road and out in the wilderness than I do in a city, mm-hmm. you know, hold up, stay at home. And like, you got to do what you're safe. You know, if you've got a family and you're not comfortable living out in the woods and, and, and making do under the, the extreme conditions, like stay at home. But I feel a lot more comfortable and confident, mm-hmm. you know, with our skill sets. And like you just said, we, I, I do feel a sense of responsibility to be able to pass on, these skill sets and provide some guidance. And I, you know, we've, we've joked about it in the past where, you know, you and I are going to save the world because, (laughs) you know, we're nomad, but, but I do think that we can, 
we can provide guidance on how to maybe maybe people are now seeing a little bit more wisdom mm-hmm. in developing the skill sets, minimizing what they have, not being so caught up in their portfolio of assets and being over leveraged in you know ten different ways, mm-hmm. and you know may, maybe maybe we do have an opportunity to provide that example for those that want to start the transition to a different way of life. Mm-hmm. Um, because F and A, I, I don't want to go to any other way of life. I I I want to go even harder into this way of life mm-hmm. given what's happening right now. Yeah. I actually made some changes based on that. I mean, I added the solar, upgraded the battery bay. Yeah. Um, now I've got that new bumper coming on the back, which will have uh, 20 pounds of gas that I can carry in jerry cans and a five wow. gallon pro- propane tank and a drop down table and a, and a spare tire. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I've got to make it sure that I'm covered. I got to get a winch for the front, get a snorkel, turn, uh, get a get a kill uh, switch fan for or a kill switch for the radiator fan, so I don't blow water up to it, so I can go through deep water, mm. all that stuff. Like I'm thinking, I'm like, I need to make this truck as capable as possible, and in doing so, I'll look like more of a target. But my plan is not to be in an area where the, anybody can see me. Yeah. You know, and so um, I, I, you know, I'm not doing the topper upgrade anymore. I'm not. I don't want to do that. Yeah. So. Um, I did call the company today and I canceled. Did you really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so. I think um, it was a smart move. Yeah. I don't have the money in the bank. And yep. so I'll get a refund. They hadn't started it yet. I mean, they were 20 weeks out from starting it. So, yeah. you know, it's, the, 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 he's like, I understand, you know. And I was like, hey, if, once things settle, I'll, I'm a customer again, but I just need to have more assurance at the moment. Because, I mean, I sleep fine in here, you know. Yeah. So, but, um. But yeah, I mean, it's made me make some changes as well, and and it's also made me look at my systems and realize where I need to, where I, where I've had flaws, where I didn't think I had flaws, you know. Yeah. And uh, but it's nice, you know, having the fridge and everything in here. Uh, that's I'm such, so jealous. That is a game changer. Yeah. yeah, and I've just been really fortunate that 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 I've been able to get that. But I, I'm like you. I want to go further and I want to go harder, and I want I want to go as long as I can. I'd love to be doing this when I'm seventy. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be awesome. But I think that right now. It's an interesting time to be doing this, and I I'm thankful that I'm out here doing this, and I'm thankful that I've that I've made the changes in my life so I can be out here because I think it's going to be an interesting experience over the next four to six to you know twelve months. Yeah, no, and I I, I mean I I've got I've got no idea what I'm going to do to be honest. I mean I'm it's still I, I feel like it's a coin flip as to whether I stick with Gunnison or you know, go a different direction. I've got some different ideas on the different, on, on which way I might go. But, Mm -hmm. um, I, I, I just on, I honestly just feel, I feel vulnerable in Gunnison and, you know, it's not, it's not that I feel vulnerable to getting sick. I feel vulnerable to losing my edge. Mm. I feel vulnerable to, um, getting sucked into the system and I'm not like, like it's the system man kind of guy, but I like, you know, when I, I think we can point to the system at this point where it, if, if we're starting to get border control between counties, between States, um, that to me is a, is a threat 
to how I want to live my life. Mm-hmm. And um, I, yeah, that, that, that is what I feel vulnerable to um, by the longer that I stay there. And, you know, we, we need to have a realistic outlook to when this problem is really solved. And when this problem is really solved is when we have a vaccine. Mm-hmm. And the, you know, the best, the best minds out there are saying that that's, that's in like the 12 to 18 month time frame. Yes, sir. Yeah. And so, that's, um, that's a long time. <laughs> yeah. And I, I just think I can, you know, getting back to that idea of, of leadership. And, and I also think a lot about like, how do I, how can I be of service? Um, so it's, it's unlikely that I can get ahead financially right now. I, I think I can tread water, um, you know, with the various skills that I've got, but I, I'm not going to be able to get ahead financially. Mm-hmm. The reason why I was in Gunnison was to get ahead financially. I mean, I had, I've had some goals to pay off my debt and then move on to some different things. I'm no longer working at the level that I was. And so it no longer justifies me being in that location. Mm-hmm. So that's my mindset right now is the longer I stay there, the more entrenched I'm going to get, the more invulnerable I'll be to having to stay there. Mm-hmm. So I am, it's almost like a relationship, right? It's like the longer I stay with this chick, the more in love she's going to fall with me. And then I'm it's going to be, it's going to be harder to pull away I'm just going to break her heart. It's going to hurt more. I might as well pull off the Band-Aid now, dude. You know, and just another, yeah, that's what you get for loving me. Uh, but no, you're right, though. I mean, it's the more you stick around, it if there's more if there's more lockdown. Yeah. And, and if it goes to, you know, the next level and then the next level and the next level, what does that look like? And and that's that's where, you know, I had I had a person come at me pretty hard online that I didn't know. And I just responded. I said, Hey, I'm seven years into living. Like I started two years prior to me hitting the road and then I hit the road and I was like, I'm seven years into living like this. This didn't, I didn't get this way by accident. I, pl- I've been planning for the next downturn. Right. Now, I'm sorry that, that, that you're not able to get out of your house and stuff, but don't come at me because I live, because I, I chose to live free before this. And I still have my freedom at the moment. Now who, who knows what the future holds, but you know, I, I was talking I was talking to a friend. And I, I was jokingly saying, "I'm like, what are we now? The ununited states of America? Because oh well, you're from Colorado. Well, you can't fucking be here. Oh well, you're from Utah, but you can't be here. Yeah, what? You you seeing that shit online? I'm going fucking come on, people. Yeah. You know, and like and like 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 they don't know the scenario. You, you know that that person. That person might be in there visiting their family and and self. You know, and quarantining with their family, and then just going out and. And or um, not quarantine, but self distancing with their family, and then going out for a grocery run or something like that, you know. And and I I felt it like in town uh, here in Sedona. I'm rolling around with with my Colorado tags, and I'll see like other vehicles and 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 like other vehicles like ours, and I'll wave to them because I usually do, and usually they wave back. But now I see them looking at me and just kind of looking and looking right. up and down, and, and I can tell the 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 um, it's just something's shifted. Yep. And, yep. and it's, un, that's unsettling yep. because that's where I'm like, okay, I want to get as far away from everybody and just stay there because then I'll, I'll, I'll do what I always do. I'll, I'll, 
I'll have minimal impact on the land. I'll hang out with Sierra. We'll kick out content and everything will be fine. If I go into the city or, or anything like that, it's that's that's a whole new ball game. And um, I just don't want to be around people and have that judgment. Yep. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely a tricky situation right now. Um, yeah. But I again, I, I, I do think that the, I... I I, I think what you've done creating your YouTube channel is such a great example for me and, and the direction that I need to go in. And, you know, you, you and I have different our styles and we've talked about it before, but in, in, in connecting to that idea of leadership and service and, and you and I having learned how to adapt and minimize prior to all this stuff, we are really in a good position to Mm -hmm. be able to pass that information on. And you've done such a fantastic job already building up your subscriber base and follower base. And um, I, I mean, it really is motivating to me to ramp up my activity in that area now more than ever. I know I've been talking about that forever. Mm Um, but I, I, I do enjoy, I enjoy teaching people and, and if there are, um, ways that I can pass on like the tricks of the trade, I, I want to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, you know, do I you, take a lot of pleasure in doing it. And you knock out those, those, those reviews, those written reviews. I, I every time you do one of those, I'm like, this, this could be in a magazine. Every time you've done one, you did that one about. Um, the Wii Boost at your at the off grid ranch, yeah. and then you did one about your secondary battery setup, like step by step. I'm like, dude, this could be a guide. You could sell this as a book, you yeah. know, on on uh, how to do a secondary battery install because that's something everybody wants to know know how to do. And they and they and they charge they charge a lot for it. And some companies charge like two or three grand for a truck to put in a secondary battery. I'm going, uh, good lord. No, no, they, <laughs> you, you you almost had the wool pull over. Yeah, that one RV place. Yeah, I just told him I was like, dude, what do you think I am? I asked him. I go, well, you think I was born yesterday? Yeah. I go. He's like, well, was, I'm I'm not pushing all the stuff in RV. I said I need like maybe a 90 amp hour battery. All right. Two grand. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no uh, thanks. Pass. Hard pass. <laughs> yeah. Screw you. Hard pass. But but yeah, you, you, I think you're right though. You know like. Like I was, I was talking about how when the last recession, you know, and we've talked about this a million times, how the last recession just, just crushed me. And, and I, I feel, I'm glad that, that all that stuff that I worked on has, is now paying my way through this because I could easily just have zero income, you know, like a lot of people right now, just out of work overnight. Yeah. And, uh, that's, that sucks. You know, I'd never want to be in that spot. Well, it's, it's been fascinating seeing your, I mean, your financial resilience thus far being a content creator on YouTube, Mm -hmm. because, you know, you're, you obviously produce material that is in the high interest area right now, you know, with, with what you're doing, people are at home, they're watching you do your thing. You're like, I want to be able to do that kind of stuff. And so advertisers are obviously, attracted to putting stuff up on your on your content and that that's actually proven to me the resilience because that was one of my my one of the lingering questions I had in my mind in going the the YouTube route was well like how how reliable is that you know like is that how could that be taken away 
and what are the circumstances that could be taken away? And that's still that's still an open question in my mind as mm-hmm. far as but what's happening now is showing how valuable your kind of content is because when when things get ratcheted down society wise what you're producing is in high demand mm-hmm. and and I don't think that that can be ignored um I'm still super psyched that I've got my CDL and you know whatever avenue that I pursue um you know I'm 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 definitely always going to be looking for ways that I can leverage having that mm-hmm. um but that's a great great yeah, certification to but add. if I can if I can add to my uh financial arsenal you know the content creation um youtube whatever platform mm-hmm. and, and start generating from revenue off of that um i'm uh, i'd be psyched and, yeah. and and that's definitely moved up on the priority um, yeah and, and, and you know i tell people too because people ask me hey how do i get into content creation i'm like well first off understand it's a long game yes know, it's 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 very much long game it's very slow in the beginning and then and then it, and then, it, and then it's weird something will pop and and you'll hit something and you'll be like oh okay and 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 then it works and then it takes off, and and that's what I saw and I was disheartened with some of the censorship that I had had right you know and I was I was like ah screw this I'm not gonna do it and then right about that time companies started calling that weren't affiliated with YouTube like hey we'll pay you extra if we can be in your videos yeah and I thought okay there's 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 the silver lining in this because if I had to solely just uh, rely on YouTube I don't trust them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no one does really because they just keep changing. Yeah, they, they're changing their algorithm daily now. Right. That's what I. That's what I was informed with from that one company I'm going to work with. Yeah. And um, you know that's that's unsettling because you're like, man, I'm I'm putting like I put a ton of effort into that Beersers video and it got demonetized because I mentioned the coronavirus. I'm like, are you fucking serious? Like this is going on in the world and you're not going to allow it on your channel. But then some some videos allow it and some don't. There's no no rhyme or reason wow. to it. And you're just like, you know, that's stupid. Wow. Yeah, that's just dumb. But then I was like, oh, cool. They want to demonetize it. I can just throw in an ad from one of these advertisers that pays me well, and they can go fuck themselves. Yeah. If they're going to demonetize it, they don't get any money either. Right, (laughs) right. shoot themselves in the foot. I can circumvent this. Right. And so that's what I started telling some of my other friends that are are experiencing some of the challenges that I have. And I'm like, hey, fuck them. You know, do like yeah. three or four videos a month at 700 to 1,000 a piece, make your money. And then if you make anything off YouTube, great. But if not, they don't make it either. Yeah. You know, yeah. kind of throw it back on their face. So, well, and I, I just, um, it, it's, yeah. So obviously there, there are still challenges and it sounds like you're, you're, you're circumventing in them. But I, I, again, kind of, I'm, and I'm saying this to myself just as much as I am to you, like the, um, we do have a response. I, I do feel a sense of responsibility to uh, empower other people, you know, with what what we've learned. Mm-hmm. And, you know, no one no one does it the same way. Yeah, yeah, that's true. You know, but it's like you, you pick up tricks from this person and that person and this person. Mm-hmm. And I, I enjoy teaching. And um, I, I want to be able to... I, I want to be able to use my voice to teach others and empower others and encourage others um, uh, to 
to stealth camp in Wrigleyville during the World Series. Yeah, that's the coolest story yeah, ever. I still go back to that's that. That's my movie. Anyway, and then I and then I did it in then I did it in New York City. Yeah, <laughs> that's so Up awesome. In the game, baby. Um, be, but you know, I mean that that that's all. That's something I've never done, I, and I've always been fascinated with that. Yeah, because well, I can't do it in this. Yeah, well, yeah, it's a it's a good move. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, maybe maybe just uh, we 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 close this out by. Uh, by asking the audience, you know, what, what do you want to learn, you know, on what, what do you, what do you want to learn about? Um, as far as how do you, how do we help you take your game to the next level? Um, there's, there's the question out to the audience. Mm-hmm. What, and, and, and is, is there, uh, any specific, systems that 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 you that you would like more information on like anything really specific if, if you want to be general about it that's cool but if there's really specific stuff that you have nitty-gritty questions on ask us it because we'll tell you yeah yeah we we'll should. share we'll share with you any details we can definitely except except for the exact coordinates where we are right now <laughs> yeah that's that's super top secret <laughs> yeah or, or any other any of our other camp spots <laughs> yeah yeah that's so, that yeah. kind of stuff You'll have to get on the inner, inner circle of trust. <laughs> That's right. For that one. Because, uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, good deal, man. I, I, I'm glad you're here. Yeah. Oh, it's dude. nice to see you. This is, uh, this is exactly what the doctor ordered. Nice, man. Yeah. No, it's great. Great to be here with you guys. Cool. Well, let's, uh, let, yeah, let's go ahead and log off here. And um, like we said, if anybody's got anything that they want us to chat about, please hit us up. And let's record another episode here in another day or two. That sounds good. Yeah, we'll just kind of keep people up to date with what's going on out here. Yeah, and when maybe we can even bring Christo in on uh, on an update in his yeah. in his world, Christo's world. That'd be great. Fine oh, world. I'd also like to talk to Jason. Yeah, no, and, and and what Bo's doing mm-hmm. is as well is pretty. And those paragliding guys. I mean, yeah. Jason's. M- MIT engineering grad, yeah. you know, now freaking truck life, was van it, life. Was, was it nuclear physicist or? No, aerospace, aerospace engineering. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. Which, you know, obviously that's way above my, my, my head. Uh, no, <laughs> dude, that's, that's who we hang out with. Who are you hanging out with? <laughs> yeah, we got, we got MIT engineering dude over here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What do you, what do you got, <laughs> bitch? So, but yeah. All right, cool. We're going to go ahead and log off. So I hope y'all are doing well. Um, Enjoy the weekend, and we'll catch up with you on Monday. Stay healthy. All right. Peace. Later.